1: Everybody ready? It's Thursday, Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling.
0: This is The Big Show on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Game Day Thursday to everybody listening. Jake Scott with you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Actually, it's just Vivint Arena, I think. I don't know. Uh, Austin Horton across the glass uh, from me producing today and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson. The one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello.
3: Jakester, how are you today? You know, I'm pretty
2: good. Uh, yeah. I I just read a column in the Salt Lake Tribune that I actually somewhat agreed with.
3: (laughs) I thought you'd appreciate (laughs) it. I did. I Uh did. I I should have put, to my good friend, Jake Scott.
2: (laughs) I enjoyed. I I did. I enjoyed reading it. I have to admit it. It put me in a a better mood for the show today.
3: I wonder if Scotty agreed with it, you know, since he was disagreeing with everything I was saying. I, I don't know. It's. The, the, these are issues of the day that are so freaking weird, Jake. Uh, yeah. I, I've never... True. You know, I've lived a pretty long life so far. hope to keep on going. But uh, I, I have never... These are considerations that were kind of unimaginable. I guess you could think of these if, like, World War Three broke out or something. But it's just been so weird in the sports world. And we're all trying to find our way through it.
2: Yep. Yep. And... <laughs> Nobody's ever done it before. So we're seeing all sorts of uh, of stuff and behavior and, you know, it's enough to drive you batty, as my grandmother used to say.
3: Did they play sports back like in in continental Europe uh, when all those plagues were hitting back in the day?
2: <laughs> I, I'm sure there was some sort of, uh, of recreational activity that like was, jousting was being done, or something. Or I don't know. I'm pi- I'm picturing <laughs> the movie uh, Braveheart. I know a uh, slightly different time, but uh, them throwing the rocks like that seems like something uh, that uh, I, I
4: could believe do. the the number one sport during medieval times was archery. Archery. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and what about uh, horseshoes? That's it's been around break? for a while, huh? But Hammer throwing. Roll. Okay.
3: Colt. Back, back c- then, weren't they like shooting the arrows at each other? Well, I, I mean,
4: hope. not the the real ones.
3: All those Robin Hood ones, where when the one guy would hit the bullseye and then he would split it down the middle.
4: Yeah. What wait, about, wait, wait! Hold game on. Ball. What, game ball. Game ball was big in the medieval game times. Ball? Game ball. A what simple they, football game is what it didn't, says. did
3: uh, in Scotland? Didn't they? Weren't they like chucking logs?
2: Log chucking? Yes. <laughs> uh, what is golf? The ancestor of golf, a sport for the nobles. Speaking of which, if you want to get put in a good mood, just Google Robin Williams golf bit. Just brilliant. Just amazing. Just amazingly hilarious. Uh, So, well, we have a lot to get to in a short amount of time today, Gordon. We will be spending uh, the afternoon slash evening on the air together. However, only an hour and a half of that will be the big show. At 3.30, we move into Jazz pregame. We'll be here for half and uh, and post as well for a game, Gordon, that – uh, will likely mean absolutely nothing for either team. Hey, one game at a time, fellas. You know, so that's, that's nice. Uh, but we'll get another look at the young guys and who maybe can play their way into a, uh, a rotation spot, I suppose. I, I think we'll uh, see the starters probably for the first half, kind of like we did the other day, uh, Gordon. But uh, depending on what happens with the first couple of games going on in the NBA right now, it's uh, possible... Uh, if not likely, that the Spurs will have been eliminated. And the Jazz are locked into their uh, playoff position, and we'll get to that coming up here in the in the split story of the day. But uh, Sam Amick will join the show at, at almost at 4 because that's his normal time, at 3, so uh, that'll be great. And then we'll move into pregame mode at 3.30 and all the um, uh, excitingness that comes with that, Gordon.
3: Well, I think what we should do is, really, with this Jazz-Spurs game, I think we should uh, take some, take a pack of Skittles, and put them on the table, and uh, make wagers. On which of the young players is going to have the most points, the most rebounds, and the best defensive performance?
4: Speaking of Skittles, another popular medieval times game. And <laughs> Skittles. It, it was called Skittles. It was
2: similar to bowling.
4: Yeah. I don't know. I was don't it
3: know. Skittles if, with a T or Skittles with Just a like D? the
2: candy. Is it even legal in Utah to use the word wager? I don't know. I don't mm. want to get us in, in trouble.
3: Well, I'm trying to put. Okay, how can we phrase this so to, that it would, uh, we wouldn't cause any problems? Oh,
2: I'm joking about that. I don't think we're causing problems. You want to? You want to do some incriminating audio? Do you want to? Uh, uh, we
3: could do that. You want to
2: do a, a meal of some sort? You could. You could grub hub us uh, some food if we win, or vice versa.
3: <laughs> oh, I don't. It doesn't really. Ca- I don't care what uh, what the what the penalty or consequence is. But I think we should, yeah, let's add a little excitement. To okay, let's spice it up game. a little bit, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm game if you are, buddy. Well, what do you think, Austin?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I, I right. win wagers against you all the time. I mean incriminating audio.
2: What uh? What what are our categories again here? Most points scored?
3: And it has to be by non-starters. Uh, that is kind of unfair because uh, you said you thought the starters, and I'm going to include jordan clarkson in in that group regardless uh because he's such an integral part of what the jazz are doing but outside of the like the top six players uh, i think or maybe should we make it even even slimmer than that no outside, outside the
2: the big six that's probably about right
3: okay so outside the big six or uh, which two of those
2: that. big six are not playing though but outside the big six i think that's right
3: fine. you know what i mean yeah But uh, I want to focus in on these younger players and see who's going to step up, who's going to do the scoring, because you said you thought the starters would – would be in the game for a while i think that's going to be a really short while
2: right i think it's it's just going to be enough to to keep them sharp or whatever i mean i I don't know if it'll be a whole half but we haven't seen uh rudy and mike conley have been ruled out for the game but we haven't seen um anything any update as far as that goes on donovan mitchell so i would assume he'd get a little time in joe ingles is going to keep the streak going right uh, I would guess that, uh, that Jordan Clarkson's uh, going to play. He's kind of played all the way through this thing. so uh, We
3: need to start calling Joe Cal.
2: Cal? The streak? <laughs> I still think Dude. it's somewhat foolish to just keep the streak going for the streak's sake. But Joe's a tough guy. He views it as going to work. He goes to work every day. I remember, can appreciate that attitude.
3: Do you remember who was the – I think it was a baseball player, but I'm not 100% sure. There was a player who had a great streak going. It wasn't at Cal's level, but it was was substantial. And the team actually sat him down just to take the pressure off, just to say, okay, let's get this out of the way so you don't have to think about it. Do you remember that?
2: I think it was Greg (laughs) Oden. (laughs) <laughs> no i don't think that no was i think no. that
3: streak was uh, we shouldn't even make sure we
2: shouldn't that. joke about no, that that's actually no, not funny no, i no. that's one of the true sad stories actually that just couldn't get right physically he and uh and and to a lesser extent brandon roy remember that he he had a kind of an all-star career trajectory that was just over before you know it could really take off yeah, yeah or even sure. even if you want to go back far enough grant hill a lot of people thought he could be the best player in the league after after Jordan retired, and it just didn't work out there in Orlando with his health.
3: Yeah, yeah. There have been some. Well, who else would you put in that category? Sam Bowie?
2: Uh, you, Did Sam have that kind of potential? He still had a long career, though, didn't he? He played did for like he? a decade. I,
3: I, yeah, i have to go back and look. I thought he was injured a lot, but I could be wrong. There have been. Man, that must be so frustrating yeah. for athletes who have so much ability, so much talent. They've worked so hard. And their body just won't cooperate, man. That, that that sucks.
2: It eventually happened to Yao Ming, but he had a, yeah. a good, healthy career before uh, before that.
3: Bill Walton.
2: Yeah, there's struggled. a good example. Sure. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. Well, that's a it's kind of a downer. Uh, <laughs> my
3: fault. <laughs> well, I'll take you know the Bill, I'll take it, uh, it, 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 <laughs> responsibility it, it, for that. It bumped him toward the uh, broadcasting booth, and so we can all enjoy that.
2: I do every time. I watch a Bill Walton uh, called game. Should we get to the split story real quick here, uh, Gordon? Sure. And uh, speaking of, of Bill, I want to uh, talk about your column today, but also kind of a bizarre move that we haven't talked about yet coming from the, the Pac-12. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. But let's get to uh, the jazz playoff picture in the split story of the day.
0: Two guys, two topics. Two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5,
1: 1280, The Zone.
0: And The Zone
1: Sports Network. Donovan says, don't bring me a pick, I'll go to work. 10 on the clock. He works at the NBA logo. Working away from Black Lives Matters. Donovan crosses over, rises, fires, hits. 3.4 seconds left. Donovan Mitchell has done it again. Oh, you are marvelous. Jokic, the conductor, the Serbian. Bumping, backing, kicking out to Murray. He drives and spins, stops. Murray was brilliant in the fourth. Over to Jokic. Step back. Wild, off balance shot is good. Because nothing's wild and off balance if you're Nikola Jokic and he's got 30. Murray, deep knee bend, spins the ball, fires the free throw, misses. Two point game. Royce O'Neal inbounds to Donovan. He checks the clock. He throws up a court, half-court shot, and it doesn't go. 134, 134. In double overtime, the Utah Jazz fall to the Denver Nuggets. And oh, is it ever great to have sports back? What a game. What a basketball game.
2: That was an incredible game. There's no doubt about it. Might have been the best game in the bubble so far. So much fun. So much
3: fun to watch that, Jake. Yeah, Yeah, it was
2: great. (laughs) And and now we're going to get in it it for a series, Gordon.
3: When I listen, yeah, exactly. Now, when I listen to that, I think when when Donovan Mitchell hit that great shot with three, it was a three point four, left on the clock. He, this is the kind of conscientious player he is. Afterward, he scolded himself for taking the shot a a couple seconds too early.
2: Well, he is a bit of a perfectionist. (laughs) Sorry to
3: to, to continue the game. So uh, I I thought that was interesting hearing him. He. He's a bright young man when it comes to what he's doing on the floor. I think he'll he'll pick this stuff up quick. I think
2: the Jazz are are locked into the sixth seed, and the Nuggets are locked into the three seed. They will face each other. Um, Portland is going to have some sort of play in game on their hand for the eight nine. It's not one hundred percent assured who they're playing. The the Suns are undefeated so far in the bubble, yes. which is which is just crazy. And the Spurs are still just barely. Uh, alive, but I think Gordon, if let, let's just assume for a second that the Blazers get in. Uh, I don't think the NBA could have asked for a better uh, Western Conference playoff. I mean, it, all of those matchups are amazing. I mean, the Lakers— Explain,
3: explain your uh, your reasoning there.
2: So, Lakers-Blazers. I mean, the Blazers are better than your normal eighth seed. They'll give the mm-hmm. the Lakers a run for their money, and Damian Lillard oh, yeah. is, is playing out of his mind. The Clippers and the Mavericks. The Clippers are arguably the NBA's best defense, going up against arguably the NBA's best offense. And Luka, who's been just terrific. Luka v. Kawhi? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Then the Nuggets and the Jazz, where they've played three times, and I know the Nuggets have won all three times, but they've all been great games. Plus, you've got kind of that uh, Jokic-Rudy battle for the premier big man, certainly in the West, which I find intriguing, and rising stars in Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell and even throw in Michael Porter Jr. in there. Incredible. Uh, I think it's going to be a terrific series.
3: The question I I have about that is, which of the Jazz defenders is going to slow Jamal Murray down?
2: Oh, man, it might have to be Donovan or Joe. I mean, I think Royce, I don't know, Royce got, uh, guarded him a lot during the game, previous game in the bubble, but I don't know. I think if Michael Porter Jr. continues to be really good. That's true. Yeah, that makes that it makes a, a little bit difficult. Uh, the Jazz are going to have to make threes because they're going to give up buckets. Maybe that's yeah. the, the most rea- realistic answer to your question. Yeah. is is Jamal Murray's probably going to score a bunch of points so they'd be they better be ready to make some baskets and then Gordon Oklahoma City and Houston yeah. the teams that that swapped stu- uh, superstars in the offseason the plucky <laughs> thunder going up against the wonky rockets uh yeah that is going to be amazing by the way what do you Steven Adams is just going to dominate PJ Tucker can, we, can all yeah. three of us agree that that is just going to be a, a, a bloodbath in Adams' favor? And Saber? I think
3: the same thing is true in that series, as you talked about with the Clippers and the Mavs. The, 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 based on what I've seen out of OKC, that team can play some defense. Yep, yep. And what does Houston do so well? Score the ball. So, yeah, it's good throughout. Yeah, top to bottom.
2: I'm sure the NBA would have wanted Zion in there, I guess. But as far as, like, pure competition goes, I don't think it gets much better than that.
3: I would agree. Uh, I don't think the Pelicans are quite ready yet.
2: No, as, as Locke said the other day, they just lose. Everybody <laughs> talks about them, and, and then they just uh, lose. <laughs> hey, real quick, should we go through the Eastern Conference just while we're doing this? Because yeah. uh, they're all they're all set. The Wizards have been eliminated. So you've got uh, the Bucks versus the Magic. You've got uh, two seed Toronto against seven seed Brooklyn. Uh, you've got three seed Boston, six seed Philadelphia, and then four seed Miami and five seed Indiana. Outside of Brooklyn, Toronto, and Milwaukee, Orlando, the other two matchups are fairly interesting.
3: So we're Philly's not Philly anymore. You know?
2: I'm hoping they're better without Ben Simmons.
3: <laughs> okay. What's, I'm hoping uh, what,
2: Embiid just absolutely dominates without Ben Simmons' guy guarding him all the time.
3: What's uh, Embiid's uh, physical status these days?
2: I haven't seen a, an update. I would assume he's he's good to go. But Brent Brown might be coaching for his job, so that could make it interesting.
3: And those two cities, um, you know, those two organizations, there's uh, some history there. And uh, and going back to, uh, if you want to get real heavy with it, uh, the two cities fight back and forth over who was the more prominent, dominant, important, significant city in the American Revolution.
2: Do you have an opinion on that, Gordon? I'm assuming you're siding with Philly. I
3: grew up 20 miles south of Philly, so uh, I, I do know how. How that works?
2: Yeah, but without the good folks in the Boston area, it never would have started anyway. You ever heard of Bunker Hill?
3: Yeah, but where where was uh, where was the center of the colonial government?
2: No, I got it. But once they realized that that was a mistake, they got it out of there. You know.
3: (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm kidding. Are you going to run down Ben Franklin's hometown like that?
2: I'm kidding. No, no. True American hero, Ben Franklin. Very interesting.
3: Person. You ever been to Independence Hall?
2: I have not. I'd love to go.
3: You ever seen the Liberty Bell?
2: Nope. I've never been to Philadelphia.
3: Well, they moved the Liberty Bell out of Independence Hall. It's uh, on its own display over on the corner of some glass building somewhere. But anyway, just a little bit of food for thought there.
2: Real quick, bringing it back to the Jazz and the Nuggets. I think it's a good matchup for the Jazz, as good as anybody else. Um, Denver probably is, is still going to be favored. In fact, they are uh, going to be favored. But I give the Jazz a puncher's chance in this one. It's going to depend on can they tape together enough defense and can they make those threes. And, you know, can Rudy uh, disrupt what Denver wants to do offensively. And it's, It really
3: makes you wonder how it would have gone had Bogdanovich been available, you know. And the fact that he's not, I get it. You can't look back. and You, you know, you got to play forward like Jerry used to say. But you're right. The Jazz is just going to have to outscore them. And that's a formidable challenge.
2: It is. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. I, I think it's, it's going to be a little personal, too. There's, you know, you're talking about franchises having history. The Jazz have a history, certainly, with the Nuggets. We've got that kind of Rocky Mountain rivalry thing going. And not to mention that uh, the Jazz traded uh, for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell with the Nuggets. Hey, they right. got Eric Green cash and Trey Lyles in return. Hey, Eric Green was a Hokie, so he will not be spoken <laughs> ill illly. That's not a word. Of on this show. The Jazz later got him back, by the way. I know, and then, and then cut him. Whoops. He was good yeah. at Virginia Tech. He came and played BYU in this building. And they lost terribly, but they were here.
3: You know, it's funny when you talk about some of the decisions the Nuggets have made that have been greatly to the Jazz's advantage. Well, they've made some really smart picks uh, on their own. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. You can criticize them for what they let go, but they've done pretty well with some of the decisions they've made.
2: Yeah, they've done fine. I, You know, they, they had drafted both uh, Jokic and Nurkic, which was confusing yeah. there for a moment. And uh-huh. they they decided which they wanted to build around, and I, I thought it was gutsy to trade somebody of, of Nurkic's uh, skill and ability, and we've seen what he did in Portland. But it wasn't going to work with those two together, and they've gone all in on their uh, their young players. I think they, they re-signed, which was a surprise to me, Paul Millsap in the offseason just to kind of, Make sure they can bridge the gap as Michael Porter Jr. comes back from injury. Michael Porter Jr. By the way, a player they took an enormous risk on, but right. the, the upside to taking him it, was he still in the lottery, Gordon? I think it was the back part of the lottery, right? Like twelve or thirteen. I'll have to I'll have to double check.
3: Check that, but I, I believe he has the ability to really rival, if not the best players, and he could turn into something really special. He could, in my opinion.
2: Or he could have been, I mean, we talked about those unfortunate cases earlier on in the show, but he could have been one of those that was uh, battling a back injury for his entire career. 14th, by the way, is is where they oh. got him. And with a full recovery, that is an yeah. unbelievable amount of value at number 14, and he's had a really great performance in the bubble. So things, a lot of things are going the Nuggets' way. They're a really good team. And Mike Malone, as we've talked about a bunch of times, Gordon, is a really good coach.
3: Yes, I agree with that. If I'm going to make a preliminary prediction it will go back to Jamal Murray if the jazz can contain him can limit him just a bit they have themselves a real chance All I right. just don't know if I don't just don't know if they can do that
2: coming up next we'll get you the latest on what's going on in college sports and uh, even some surprising uh, news out of uh, out of the Pac-12, especially in comparison to some other leagues. We'll explain coming up next. Stay tuned. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve-eighty of the Zone. ACDC, selected by Johnny Lightfoot. And this is a brought, good one to start with, man. Yeah, I like it. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Uh, get the latest tour news and artist av- availability at LiveNation.com. Man, ACDC, always a good band to get you fired up, right? I had that uh, the ACDC Live album as a kid, and I'd play it over and over again, which actually kind of ruined the studio uh, version of the songs for me because... You know, like live music traditionally, they're amped up, they're in person, they're playing a little faster. You hear the crowd. Yeah, yeah, and all this. so all the studio, you know, when I hear Back in Black, I'm like, wow, this is going really slow. Is that weird? <laughs> yeah, it's a slow dance song, it's, really. It's, huh? it's a little <laughs> weird. A couple skate selection.
3: Are you guys more ACDC or Metallica?
2: I would say more ACDC, not that I dislike Metallica, per se.
3: Yeah, I give the edge to ACDC. Speaking <laughs> of Johnny Light, uh, Lightfoot, should we uh, at some point have, a, uh, have uh, Air Supply as our band of the day again? I know we've done it maybe once, but should we do it again sometime? Sure, I'm game.
4: I think we ought to get him to do, uh, have Air Supply be band of the day live in studio.
2: I wonder if we could can he, talk... Could he pull that off? Could we talk Johnny Lightfoot into making a big show jingle? I'm sure he'd have it done before today's show's over like a theme song that we could play. Oh, yeah. Let's it's the it. big show with Jake and Gordon. I this is this is a good I- idea. Not that I know anything about songwriting, but in fact, send in your jingle ideas at the Open Mic app. That is a wonderful idea right there on our Zone Sports <laughs> Network app. We're going to do a big show jingle. We've got, we got 15 seconds. We've got Johnny Lightfoot on staff. We can put something together.
3: Yeah. Uh So so here here's what we want. We want we want our listeners to to write the lyric. we we'll go ahead and write it. And then Johnny Lightfoot will put it to the kind of punchy music that he's capable of doing.
2: If we like it, of course.
3: If we like it. Yeah. Now, see, this is what our, some of our listeners don't realize is, but Johnny Lightfoot has actually performed in front of, what do he say the biggest crowd was? 180,000 people? Something like that. I mean, it's amazing. We've we got to utilize that kind of talent.
2: All right, Gordon. Uh, some so yes, open mic. Give us ideas. Big show jingle. Uh, you can do it on Twitter if you've got a lyric ideas. Gordon suggested right there. At Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. And if we uh, we get the creative juices going a little bit, we'll we'll have Johnny put it to music and and maybe we'll we'll use it on the show. Uh, Gordon, real quick, some some college sports news and notes to get to with you in this segment. Uh, we'll start with this BYU and Troy. Uh, announced The schools have agreed to home-and-home home football series with the first game being played September 26th of this year in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and the second being the return game September 5th of 2026 in uh, Troy, Alabama. So, BYU adds another I w-
3: game. I wish I were a little more excited about it. Well, you know. uh, Troy. Troy is probably better than most of our listeners would imagine. But,
2: but... Yeah, well, I you know what I'm not going to complain. I like it. I like it. The BYU BYU is the only uh, F uh, what is it FBS school in the Western in the West. United States that's giving it a go. I'm I'm cheering yeah. for them. I hope it works. I hope we're watching. I hope we're watching BYU Troy. We'll see what happens. But uh, but they're uh, they're still scheduling games, Gordon, and it's still more than half of FBS universities are are still playing. So. Um, maybe they can put together a few more interesting games. It seems like the bigger leagues are, are keeping it more in-house, but you know, maybe you can add a couple of AAC games that are of interest, you know, Navy certainly being one of those. So we'll we'll see how uh, it proceeds, but there's uh, news on that front. And then uh, Gordon also uh, involving BYU, the West Coast Conference canceled their fall sports. Uh, probably not uh, uh, not surprising. However, they did leave the door open to uh, men's and women's basketball being played. So that is not necessarily off the table just yet. And combine that with the news, and we just touched on this yesterday, Gordon, that Mike Bone, the uh, the athletic director at USC, was literally surprised at the the Pac-12 basketball announcement. Uh, It seemed to have kind of hit him out of nowhere. And then Jeff Goodman, Gordon, you followed Jeff, uh, has covered college hoops for a long, long time. He had a couple of tweets that I want to get your reaction to. He said, from talking to a bunch of people across college basketball today, coaches, ADs, and even commissioners, the big takeaway was that Larry Scott and the Pac-12 did not need to make a decision yet on canceling games through the end of 2020. No need to do it on August 11th. He goes on, he says, "Uh, Power 5 AD on Big Ten and Pac-12 canceling fall football, quote, you've got one pro guy with no background in the industry in Kevin Warren and a guy in Larry Scott who acts like he's smarter than everybody else, we're supposed to be about the players this isn't about the players ignoring that that second quote for a second gordon i can get your thoughts on that in a minute what do you think about the the basketball thing that seemed to catch mike bone by surprise and that other uh, commissioners and ad's are going why'd you do that now
3: yeah I, I i don't i don't have the inside story on that uh it was surprising to some uh whether it's detrimental or not is i don't necessarily i'm not going to criticize the Pac-12 for thinking outside the box here a little bit or for doing things a little bit of a different way, because have you read the stories about what the Pac-12 is planning for basketball once it starts up as far as in-conference games go and how they're, they're thinking of the pod system, having uh, four or eight teams gather in one place for a bunch of games. And uh, that, that makes some sense to me. If, if it's doable, if they can do the testing, if they can get the testing down, and and they can do that, then then I I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea. And the fact that they're giving themselves more time to put it all together, uh, it's one thing to, to cancel a season and say, okay, we'll get around to it maybe sometime in the future. It's another to to postpone non-conference games in in December. Uh, while you're making sure that your players can get to practice and can get themselves in shape and you can line up the kind of competition that you want in the midst of a pandemic. And if they're able to do that, and you know what I mean by that pod system, let's say that USC, in other words, you can have a grouping of teams, say if the LA schools are playing Oregon, the Oregon schools, then they go up and play in one location, a bunch of games over a period of three or four or five days. Uh, that uh, I think that's kind of a clever idea. I don't know whether it will work or not, but I it's worth considering. So I, I certainly
2: am all for outside-the-box thinking. I, I think I've been pretty consistent uh, on that throughout all this. we got to figure out a way to make it work. So well, in we've been that, trying
3: to get you in the box for quite some time. It's just not working.
2: No, and and – and probably won't but uh i i like it that they're they're developing kind of a creative attack and you're right about more time i just you know i i agree with the premise that you're making decisions on august 11th for basketball maybe decisions that that don't have to be made but the bright side about it and and here's where i 100 percent side with you is at least instead of just sitting on your thumbs is that a thing
3: uh, uh, instead I guess of you could sit on your thumb, uh, <laughs>
2: instead of just sitting there, uh, it, at least you're coming up with ideas and, and figuring out a way to to pull it off. I I think that's what the planning for college football was missing. So far, be it for me to criticize that. I just I wonder, you know, like the Utes were thinking about going to the Bahamas. You know, why why not? Uh, you, you know, that's that's tough. You know, you're canceling it's experiences. Not safe yet? Yeah, but uh, on August 11th, you know, why do we need to make that decision now? Well, I think uh, that uh, was uh, the me, point of those other ADs.
3: I think what you said there is really important, Jake, that uh, they're, they're putting a plan in place that they might have to tweak it here and there a little bit. But at least we're seeing some solid planning as opposed to what we saw in college football. What was that? Uh, There's well, a bunch of people sitting around, like you said, on their thumbs or twiddling their thumbs. That's or what not, I was looking not, for. Yeah, not not coming <laughs> up with. <laughs> I don't know, a twiddle. If you're twiddling your, what's the matter with twiddling your thumbs? You can probably multitask while twiddling your thumbs. I
2: I think it's the the idea that you're passing the time with something that you know isn't very productive.
3: Hmm. Well, I'm not going to be sitting on my thumbs. No, times,
2: that so. that wasn't what I was looking for. Not one bit.
3: <laughs> but don't you? I agree with. I think I'm. What I'm saying is, I agree with what you said.
2: Yeah, I. I mean, I'd I'd rather have them trying to make plans uh, than not. Uh, that's for sure. And and we can get into the motivation of uh, of college colleges as far as college football goes. Uh, and we can get into your column coming up as well. But you know, the answer unfortunately might have been they didn't really want. A solution in college You know,
3: my, my, one of my, my, my more skeptical side would say, when did the AD at USC start caring about college basketball? Well, yeah. It's a football school, Jake.
2: I know. I know, but schools in the Pac-12 still get about 15% of their revenue from men's basketball, so... That's that's,
3: That's a nice building they have down there in L.A., that building they play in. I've I've never been in it, but uh, the outside looks very nice.
2: All right. It is the big show. We'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Don't forget Sam Amick at 3. Jazz pregame takes over at 3.30 right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to David. That was awesome. We're off to a good start. We are off to a good start. Well done, David. Uh, Even did, if that's not the new theme, I might be playing that daily. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, David submitted that on our open mic feature on our Zone Sports Network app. Where We're going for a big show jingle. So, hey, we're, our listeners are, are incredibly creative, as you can see. Oh, it's the big show
4: with Jake and Gordon Angel. Breaking all the news in the sports world, baby. what's <laughs>
2: incredible. Not a bad voice. Acapella, too. Wow. Yeah. Well done,
3: David. Impressive. Well done. Impressive. And I'm not surprised at all. Our listeners are pretty talented. They're funny. Yep. Yeah. That's good stuff.
2: Uh, I, I, I didn't get to tagged on that one austin we got one from our friend you Shasta trailer
4: yeah shasta says uh he's mailing this in a little bit admittedly but it's the lyrics to the theme song for petticoat junction <laughs> aka hooterville <laughs> with jake and gordon big show thrown in between each verse so. <laughs> when gordon <laughs> come cult. ride a little train that is rolling down the tracks to the big show have forget you, about your you? cares it is time to relax with the big show <laughs> <laughs> lots of curves you bet even more when you get to the big show <laughs> There's a little hotel called The Shady Rest at the Big Show. (laughs) On and on. That's
3: pretty good. Have you guys heard that song before?
2: No. Yeah, we've played it on
3: the show. Did we play it? Oh, yeah, Yeah.
2: because Gordon, uh, way back in the 90s, completely insulted the city of Salt Lake by calling us Hooterville. While at the same time glorifying the 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 Hollywood celebrities, you not, know, high I society or whatever, no. and and we figured out that Gordon was referencing one specific episode of a, of a show called Petticoat Junction back in what was it, nineteen sixty something, nineteen sixty
3: three, something like that. But but I was not I was not agreeing with that perspective from Hollywood. I was just saying that that's what the folks down there would be thinking, so I wasn't We,
2: we read it on the air, remember, and that's not <laughs> what it was. <laughs> <laughs>
3: your, your interpretation was very narrow.
2: <laughs> narrow, that's a good word for it. Oh, man. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to talk to Sam Amick uh, from The Athletic, coming up here momentarily, actually uh, toward the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, Gordon, you want to uh, – should we get but, some – Sorry, go ahead. way.
3: Can I ask one of our listeners, one of you musically talented, inclined-type folks, it, it, see if you can put something together on a big show from Afternoon to Light. I really like that song. Or Chester does, anyway.
2: Thanks for that. Uh, i was to give, <laughs> I was going to give some score updates right. from the bubble, Gordon. I do like this. I, I'm going to miss it as we go into the playoffs, and there, there are going to be more primetime games. We're not going to have the— all day, every day, NBA extravaganza like we have, which I'm I'm gonna miss actually. But uh, going on right now. The Bucks uh, trailing the Grizzlies 43 to 39. The Grizzlies are, are playing to stay alive, as are the Suns, who currently lead the Mavericks 41 to 29. If both those teams win, the Spurs will have been eliminated. By the way, so that is relevant to this afternoon's game with the Jazz.
3: Well, I have uh, a question. I have a question about that when we get to it.
2: Okay, real quick, two other scores: Wizards beat the Celtics 96 to 90, and the Kings took out the Lakers 136 to 122. Kind of funny, we're seeing the. The underdogs win these games because these uh, other teams have nothing to play for. But, uh, yeah, four games in the bubble right now uh, for the NBA.
3: So here's my question. Uh, There are some things that I do better than you, Jake, and there are some things you do better than me. And one of the things that you generally do better than me is mathematics. Oh, that can't be true. I think so. (laughs) Okay. So I have a question for you. All right. Why you were just talking about the teams that would have certain winning percentages and they, and and then the Spurs might potentially be eliminated. My question to you is why in a weird season like this, where different teams have played a different amount of games or whatever, if a team has one more victory and one more loss than another team, why is that an advantage? Why is a is the single win weighted more than the single loss is counted against them? Okay, so I don't I, understand that.
2: All right, so I am no mathematician uh, either, there, Gordon. But it's I think it's because the what do they call the what do they call the number on the bottom part of the equation <laughs> on the on the what is that the. Uh,
3: the denominator is
2: that the denominator is that what it's it is me. because that number is different because the total game played is different that that was the challenge with this all these teams are going to play a different amount of games uh huh so if if, yeah, if we could do the math here you know if you played more or less that could actually give you an advantage fair or not because the uh, uh, because that number is different
3: so what would happen if they played the same number of games.
2: What do you mean would happen if they played the same number of games? I mean, how would
3: would it be? Is one, is a victory worth more than a loss is counted against you?
2: No, not if you play the same number of games. Okay. Then it'll come down to the tiebreaker, which I believe the first tiebreaker is uh, a record against the Western Conference or whatever conference you happen to be in, from what I understand.
3: In all the competition, uh, with all the competitors that I've talked to through the years, they always say, or many times they'll say, That a defeat hurts worse than a win feels good.
2: Psychologically, not mathematically.
3: (laughs) Okay. Right? I guess. I don't know. If they play the same number of games, then maybe, yeah, then maybe the the loss would count more against than a win would count for. But, uh, yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, let's say that you played – Seventy games and one team was fifty and twenty and the other team was uh, how would how would it be, Jake?
2: Well, if they both played seventy games, it would be fifty and twenty. Yeah. The yeah. Prob- the, the the problem here is Gordon, San Antonio is thirty-two and thirty-eight. The Suns and the Grizzlies are thirty-three and thirty-nine. Right. So they've played two more games than San okay. Antonio. And that's
3: the difference maker right, right.
2: And And Portland's at 34 and 39, which means they've played three more games than San Antonio.
3: Okay, I get it now. All right, well, that makes some sense. <laughs> I feel it because like, I think
2: I'm more confused than I was at the
3: beginning. <laughs> <laughs> all, all our mathematician experts out there listening right now going, what is wrong with these Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Like half our listeners are just well, calling half my us math morons, silly, right?
3: Thought the same thing, you know. <laughs> including my dad, he was a scientist and a math wiz. Oh well,
2: my dad is an engineer. He's better at math than me too. Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> so, in fact, you know, it's kind of weird. I think both of your parents are smarter than you.
2: True, and in, in in much different ways too. So that's nice.
3: Is it skip a generation or something? It must. Safety's let's ho- let's hope genius. so.
2: Yeah, let's let's hope it goes that way.
3: <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: I'm not really. Uh all right, we'll get to Sam A coming up right around the corner. Then Gordon and I will morph into uh pregame mode, coming up at 3 30, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Spurs, which looks like uh to be kind of a meaningless game to both teams. But of course we'll talk a lot about the playoff matchup set with the Denver Nuggets. Stay tuned. Big show. Gordon Monson Jake Scott, 97.5 and twelve eighty of the zone. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
0: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280, The Zone. I've got a new favorite uh, pastime, Gordon. What's that? Watching Bobon highlights on the internet. <laughs>
3: He's your favorite player, right?
2: He is my favorite player right now. I tell you, I love me some Boban. I love it that we're going to have Boban in the in the playoffs. We're going to talk to Sam Amick uh, from The Athletic coming up here momentarily. We'll get his thoughts on, uh, on the uh, first-round matchup for the Utah Jazz, taking on the Nuggets, and really the other matchups in the NBA, Gordon, because we do, especially in the West. We've got some good ones.
3: Yeah, every one of them. Every one of them is good. And I think the Lakers better watch out. I really, if, that, if Portland's a team that they face, I don't think that's anybody's idea of a dream uh, scenario for for the Lakers anyway.
2: Uh, no, especially when they thought they were going to get uh, the Grizzlies. And no offense to the Grizzlies, but without Jaron Jackson Jr., they're a very different team. And John Moran, of course, is still a rookie. So I'm sure they would much rather face them or Phoenix or San Antonio for that matter.
3: I saw the odds for the uh, for the award that's going to go to the player of the bubble or whatever they're calling it, the MVP of the seeding games and all that, and it seems that Damian Lillard is uh, the favorite to win it.
2: Isn't that kind of annoying that they're doing that, by the way?
3: A little bit, yeah.
2: All right, it's time for your Daily Assist. Let's get to it. Austin, hit it.
0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Daily Assist brought to you by Lease Heating and Air. Check them out online, leaseheatac.com. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit t-mobile.com for online services and local store availability. From The Athletic, he's our good friend Sam Amick. What's going on,
5: Sam? Hello, guys. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon to you. Uh, I know we have one uh, jazz game left to go, which seemingly is not going to mean much. They are going to face the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. Your thoughts?
5: Well, you know, it's tough to gauge. Obviously, what these seeding games mean for teams like the Jazz, where you know there wasn't a lot of jostling in the standings and incentive to give it your your all, in spite of you know, or, or other than good old-fashioned competition. But I mean, they can't. They certainly can't love the way that that they're going in, and you know, if they can get a W today, that would I think be a good idea. Um, so that series, uh, you know, I think I certainly would give the uh, the Nuggets the edge, uh, especially with Michael Porter Jr. emerging as another threat for them. And I don't know if that will continue, but it does make them interesting. Um, you know, but we'll see. I mean, I enjoyed the heck out of Donovan's, let me put the whole team on my back, double overtime, heroics the other day, except for everything but the win. So, I mean, it's, they've had some tough moments and, and a few good ones in the bubble.
3: One thing one team the Jazz did not want to play is the Houston Rockets again, Sam. I think uh, most of the people around here would rather see the Jazz face the Nuggets than the Rockets, but there are no good choices in the West. It seems like every team is a threat, and that's true for Portland, too. If they go up against the Lakers?
5: Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, you know, we don't, uh, as you guys know, it's against the rules, uh, in mainstream media to, to root. So we're not rooting here. It's not a fandom thing, but you know, Damien is a bad man and he would be fun to watch against the Lakers. I joked with somebody today that, uh, I said, you know, if, if the Blazers get that eight seed and they shock the world and they, they, um, and nobody listening better steal my idea. They, uh, they beat the Lakers, they, you know, they, they take down the Kings of the West. I think I need to convince Damien to go on one of those little fishing boats out in Orlando and, and talk about uh, what he's done as he sends the Lakers fishing into the offseason. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes, that <laughs> that matchup would be something else. I mean, what he has done the last two games, um, even if there was no drama, no, no storylines, no context, it just would have been incredible basketball. But the fact that that he dropped, you know, 50, whatever it was, two games ago, 61, um, the other night after having all the the dust up with Paul George and tap everything and and then kind of his name being besmirched. I mean, it made it even better. And, you know, we'll see if he can keep it going and get those guys in there.
3: Sam, one thing, sorry to interrupt, Jake, but uh, about Damian Lillard, uh, when he was at Weber State here, I remember going and talking to his coach, Randy Ray, And he said, watch out for this guy. He is not only the most talented basketball player I've ever been around, he's the hardest worker. And I should have paid closer attention to that because, man, has he turned into that something special you were describing.
5: Yeah, he is. It's funny, and I'll probably pull this out and use it in a Damian column at some point. But I always remember, uh, and honestly, maybe I shared this story on one of our previous visits, but – The first time I met Damian was a workout uh, leading into the draft at a place called Merritt College in his hometown of Oakland, and he was doing his thing, just him and the trainer, and he was grinding super hard. And I remember right away thinking, good Lord, this young dude is, I remember he was grunting like crazy, like he was doing uh, resistance band work and just fifth gear all the way through. Um, And the, the one little funny part of the, the, the story in that day that always stuck with me was his agent, same guy as now, Aaron Goodwin, wanted to show me that Damian could dunk. <laughs> like, only the people who watched Weaver State games, which is, I think, about 6,000 in their home gym. Um, I, I think he had, like, 20 dunks total in his last year. But, like, his athleticism was one thing that nobody knew about going into the draft. But the backstory story is, he had spent his whole childhood, his whole younger years, kind of perfecting the art of, of, you know, under the rim and certainly learning how to shoot. But, man, his game has just gotten better and better and better, and his makeup and his will are just on a different level. So it's fun to watch.
3: And another thing about that real quick is, you know, people have talked about luring Damien away from Portland, and he stayed pretty pretty uh, loyal there. Same thing at Weber State. Weber State was on him early early. And because of that, once people started to say, hey, wait a minute, this guy's really good, then other more uh, marquee name pl- uh, programs started coming around. And Damien stayed with Weber State because they believed in him first. Uh, and that, that's that been uh, a trait that he has hung on to.
5: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, another little anecdote from that experience. I remember he, he uh, and the details are fuzzy, but he shared a story about, like, some of the Weaver State time and and how he just could never get enough work in and how like you know he kind of inadvertently had shared that there was a a time period where technically the players were not supposed to be in the gym and and you can and the, the road he was going down was just like the point he was trying to convey is that I was working my backside off um, maybe even when I wasn't supposed to and then and then you could tell that he got nervous that he was going to get somebody in trouble. And then he kind of just veered off in a different direction in the conversation. But, like, you know, he is a, a an old-fashioned grinder and a guy who loves the game. And he backs it up, you know. I mean, Pat Beverly is a talker and irritant. But the stuff that Paul George had to say in trying to wave at Damien when uh, when they got the best of him that day, uh, to this point, he's, he's certainly getting the last laugh here.
2: Sam Mamick of The Athletic, your daily assist here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Sam, we've talked a lot about, you know, Portland and if they get that eighth spot, what a great series that would be with the Lakers. But Gordon and I have been talking about today. All the series are great. Denver and Utah, a little Rocky Mountain rivalry, Rudy versus Jokic. I mean, there's some great storylines there. Houston, Oklahoma City, what amazing storylines there. The Clippers, great defensive team against Dallas, uh, you know, historic offensive team. We were talking about how competitively speaking, I don't think the NBA could have gotten better matchups in the Western Conference.
5: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the other day I tweeted kind of something with that sentiment, and uh, now listen, Twitter doesn't leave a lot of room for nuance, and so maybe I was oversimplifying it when I said that all the matchups that you talked about, I described them as as ems like all of them. Now, are the pick-ems in a Vegas sense, uh, in, in the betting gambling sense? No, they're not. I mean, you're going to have, you know, some legitimate favorites coming out of a few of those series, but in a basketball sense, and in a like if you if, if we uh, do a little conference call here with uh, a pro scout or a GM, um, you're not going to find anybody saying, oh, there's no way that that team could beat that team in any of these series. And I think that's what makes it fun. Uh, And and then again, the storylines are going to be something else. But the interesting thing about Russell Westbrook having this injury that's going to at least keep him out for the beginning of that first series against OKC is that all of a sudden – I mean, you talk about storylines. It's all eyes on James Harden and Chris Paul, who, who essentially had a kind of a falling out that uh, that led to Russ coming to Houston and Chris going to OKC, and you know that'll be fun to watch. And all the way down the line, I mean, this Jazz Nuggets series, um, to me, Denver and Utah are both kind of filling the same lane in the West when it comes to, you know, sound management, um, good culture. Trying to you know develop their young talent, combine it with veterans, and and, uh, and get this thing to a you know not even just a good level, but to be a title contender. And they're both having some struggles in that journey. And so for them, you know, this will be a, a big series. Sam, you alluded to this earlier,
3: talking about are we seeing the truth in the bubble? Are we are these seeding games really revealing that much? Do you do you put more credence in what you saw? Uh, Over the first 60-some games of the season? Or are are you believing what you're seeing now?
5: It's hard to tell. I mean, I don't know that I have any more clarity from the last time we chatted. If anything, I got less. I mean, the Lakers, granted LeBron didn't play the second half, but a very average showing in the bubble for the Lakers. um, And, you know, that is puzzling. Uh, the Clippers are feeling great, like regardless of their outcomes. Uh, that's that's one squad that I think people are starting to say, okay, maybe that's your your champion. But you know, right in front of me right now, I've got Phoenix on the television and, and they're up 16 on Dallas. Um, I mean, the idea, like I don't care how you uh, how you spin it, the Suns going seven and 0, I guess at the 8-0 during you know if they win this game, that's crazy. That's just you know that's insane. They they had stretches of the year where they went. Eight weeks without getting any wins, you know. Um, so I don't know what's real, or what's not, but I do think it's been fun. You know, there's, there's been a healthy amount of meaningless games, and that's not great. And, and, the, and the ratings are not quite what they were hoping they would be. But um, a lot of excitement, a lot of breakout stars. I mean, the TJ Warren stuff with the Pacers and Devin Booker. Uh, you know, we talked about Dame, but um, you know, we knew we knew the Lebrons and the Giannis and even the Donovans and the Rudys, people like that. that has been kind of neat to see these other guys get some shine, too.
2: Sam Amick with us here on 97.5 and 12 of the zone. Sam, with the people you talk to, what's the story with uh, Alvin Gentry and his future with the Pelicans?
5: I mean, there's a little bit of a mixed bag. I'd be surprised if he was back. Um, but that being said, it's hard to handicap things right now around the whole league because of – some of the business financial stuff that's going on. And, you know, it's just teams are getting decimated by, you know, not, I mean, certainly playing in Orlando is better than not playing at all, but you're still playing with no fans. Um, It's a a pretty exorbitant cost to put this whole bubble together in Orlando. So the numbers still just don't add up. And that is going to come into play with some of these personnel decisions that Are uh, kind of being talked about. So with Alvin, you know he's got a year left on his deal for more than five million dollars. And Gail Benson, the Pelicans owner, uh, now is is somebody who definitely thinks very highly of Alvin. Um, But you know the noise and the intel regarding Dave Griffin, you know their VP of uh, Executive VP of Basketball Ops, and the way he sees the coaching situation, I I would be surprised if Alvin is back, but. Um, you know, certainly not ready to to say that that's 100% yet.
3: Speaking of coaches, Sam, who do you think is going to get that coveted Nets head coaching position what with Kyrie and uh, Kevin Durant in the stable there? You'd think that uh, they might have a chance to do some good things next year.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the players hate when we when we do this but I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, it's to a degree, it's a little bit of a like, well, it's who Kevin Durant wants to be the coach, is going to be the coach, you know? And it's it's funny, right? Because like stars and, you know, elite players, they hate it when the media puts big choices on them, except that it's nothing more. It's a reflection of the, of kind of the power and the influence that they've, you know, that they've earned through their talents and the fact that they put butts in sheets during normal times. Um, it's hard. You can't really parse that out and separate that from the reality that, yes, on a coaching decision, those types of players are going to have something to say. And especially for an organization like the Nets, I would compare it to the Clippers from the standpoint of when Kawhi Leonard said that he would go to the Clippers, all of a sudden, you know, like if if Kawhi just didn't matter what he asked for, he was going to get it out of the Clippers because they are a perennially – underperforming franchise that was ecstatic to have him as part of their program. And that same logic would apply to Brooklyn, to the Nets, you know, Brooklyn and and, and even before New Jersey. So we'll see. Jacques Vaughn's got a good shot at it. Um, uh, He must be giving a cut or something to Jamal Crawford because Jamal keeps tweeting that Jacques should be the guy and that he's amazing. And so Jamal's obviously as a guy who's just a, a vet and has a good read on things. That got my attention that Jamal is obviously a really big fan of Shotgun. But they're going to conduct a search, and uh, there's going to be a process here, and we'll see who ends up getting it.
2: Sam Amick of The Athletic with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Players, uh, Sam, are going to be able to have guests after the first round, and I think we all got a little bit of a chuckle out of the lawyer basically saying you can uh, bring in uh, people you're familiar with, but no Tinder dates. Uh, What do you think about this crazy world we're in where we're we're talking about how good of a relationship somebody has to have to come into the bubble?
5: Well, not only that, but this is the family part of my brain kicking in, like you get one ticket, the game per person uh but you can have it added to with a child but the child's got to be 32 inches or below like (laughs) (laughs) like feels like where you go the ironically you go to the amusement park and it's like oh you know your kid can't go on this roller coaster because they're not 48 inches yet you know um i don't know if they're going to be measuring kids at the door or how they do this but lots of weird rules uh yeah the I mean, it is a good chuckle on the other front, Jake. It's also just like this. I mean, believe me, this has been something that people talk about in earnest within the bubble and around the bubble, when you talk about just a bunch of grown men who made a choice, the ones who were going to be there until the finals, you know, and made a choice to go uh, to a controlled environment for up to three months. And, you know, for a single guys, that cuts off any love life they have going at home. You know, married guys, you're away from your wife. You know, no family can come in after the first round. But um, it's a real thing, you know what I mean? And But you don't have to be a rocket scientist to read between the lines on the way they set up the rules and to get a sense of, of what they're trying to avoid here in terms of, you know, who might come in on the inside.
3: Along those same lines, uh, Sam, and you're gonna you're heading off to the bubble here pretty soon. Do you think the guys have been on the up and up there in that bubble, or do you think there have been some shenanigans as far as smuggling people in and whatnot?
5: First of all, Gordon, it's been way too long since I heard you use shenanigans. So that was a <laughs> nice trip down memory lane. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think they've been, I mean, it's hard because I'm not there, but I think for, you know, I have no reason to believe they haven't been mostly on the up and up. Uh, you know, I have heard a few stories that kind of make you a little, um, a, just a little confused regarding, you know, like, oh, okay, so this player, and this is within the bubble for sure, but like went from this part of the bubble to this other part that where I didn't think they would be going and, you know and, and connecting with uh you know whether it's a media member or something like that like in the media circles i've heard a few of those stories and even executives too to be honest like somebody looks out at the pool and she's you know um this executive with with uh, that reporter and kind of goes wait i i thought i thought we had to stay at our own hotels so um but i can't really speak on that because again not being there they might. The rules might have evolved since they established them in the beginning. I mean, the stuff you're talking about, I think, is it's more of the Lou Williams type stuff. You know, did you do anything that was not advisable? Uh, you know, uh, now he was obviously excused to leave the bubble, but going to that gentleman's club was not maybe the smartest thing to do. Um, Rashawn Holmes getting his takeout food and going a little too far to get it outside the boundaries, that was an innocent mistake. Um It would certainly be awesome to uh to kind of hack into the snitch line and find out what other sorts of you know reports have come through, but in terms of what I know, uh, you know I think there's probably a reason that they're getting all these negative tests and, and that's a good thing so far.
2: Sam Amick with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, last thing from me, Sam, I saw the uh, the podcast you were teasing us with last week did uh, come out a couple of days ago, and you told us Joe Ingles uh, was going to be part of it, and but you did not tell us that uh, Bill Orem and Kyle Goon were going to be part of it, and I admittedly have <laughs> not had a chance to listen to it yet. I was hoping you got some really good dirt on Gordon Monson in the podcast.
5: Oh, please. Oh, man, I got I got jilch. I got nothing on Gordon. I dropped the ball there i was man i'm in a you know i was shooting air balls because i mean it, it was a good pod good conversation but the one other mistake i made was that kyle when we recorded the pod i knew that he had been fishing and that you know that was something that we talked about so we had a little fun talking about his fishing skills well then right when we finished the pod I look at the Instagram feed of Rachel Nichols who he had gone fishing with as part of their group and she puts up this fantastic video of Kyle grabbing a largemouth bass in like the least manly way possible and and, and with his index finger you know going in first which any fisherman knows it's got to be thumb first and he and so then he doesn't know what he's doing and he drops the thing and it <laughs> literally Bounces off the boats and into the water. <laughs> 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 and so I, I was uh, disappointed that I hadn't seen that video before we had the pod because we would have had fun with that. But you know those guys are great. Obviously they got Salt Lake City roots, and and uh, we had a good time chopping it up.
3: Sam, having covered the league all these years, uh, do you have you developed good associations, good friendships with guys uh, who who cover the league as well?
5: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, i have always. That's been one of my favorite parts of the job. Is it? Uh, it sounds corny, but it's true. But it is a fraternity uh, among you know men and women who do this. And I mean, this this idea certainly applies to a lot of different jobs. But it's just one of those very specific jobs where it's um, you know if you don't do it for a living and if you don't kind of live it so to speak, every day. And I'm talking specifically about the writing side, the, the process of reporting and relationships and information and storytelling and, and constantly pursuing, um, whether it's, again, the information or, or just like an angle or a concept, and always trying to do something that is different and that kind of sets your work apart. Like that's a, a universal shared experience, with everybody who does it and you know, it is kind of an art where you try to learn from one another and respect one another. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a ton of friends in the business. I joke with my wife all the time that like, because it's so, uh, kind of it's a 24 seven reality existence. Like a lot of my best friends on the planet are people that my wife has never met, uh, (laughs) just because I see him on the road and, and things like that. Now, Bill, to his credit, uh, Bill crosses over into a threshold where you know, he actually uh, he popped into our – not into our house, he was in our backyard socially distanced. But Bill stopped by a few weeks ago, in fact, and he's a good friend that, that she's gotten to know. But it's, it is definitely a, a highlight of doing this job.
2: Well, Sam, we appreciate you taking your time each and every week to, uh, to join us. It's always great. We always appreciate your perspective.
5: You got it, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week.
2: Thanks, Sam. Our friend Sam Amick from The Athletic here on 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Sam, always uh, insightful, and uh, we always enjoy having him on. He's the best. By the All way, right did here. you see that this, uh, be- before we morph into pregame mode, coming up next, Gordon, did you see, you know who the biggest free agent in the bubble is, speaking of The Athletic? Who? Sham Sharania. Oh. His uh, contract is up with The Athletic, and I believe he works for a stadium as well at the end of August. So that means if he decides to switch companies, that he could be covering the bubble for a different company as soon as September 1st. <laughs> it's kind of weird.
3: That is uh, strange timing.
2: In the world of uh, basketball journalism, he certainly has been a rising star. Do you realize he's only 26? Doesn't that feel really? strange? Yeah, only well, 26 years old.
3: Everybody's young, as so far as I'm concerned.
2: <laughs> okay, we we'll more morph into pregame mode coming up next, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Spurs. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
4: I knew that was about the end of it.
1: So long,
4: farewell, I'll be the to say goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This thing is over!
3: That looping.